This is Emily Wright, Head of Content at EG, and welcome to this episode of Tech Talk Radio. Now, today I am joined by somebody who is actually no stranger to Tech Talk Radio, Dan Drogman, founder and chief executive of Smart Spaces. How are you, Dan? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, it's nice to be back on the podcast again. How long ago was it? Was it? it was- pre-covid wasn't it so it was it was pre-covid it was it must have been two two and a half years ago um wow it's gone so yeah quick. it has it has gone very very quickly for an update on anybody who might not know or anyone who i mean shame on them missed the, the first podcast with you could you just give us a very quick overview um as to what actually it is that you're um, up to at the moment with smart spaces and give everybody just a bit of background oh totally so we're, we're a smart building platform Uh, And what that means is that it's a software system that we install inside a building or in the cloud. We we have the ability to do both. Uh, And then that hosts a whole function of services. So that could be the app, the the Smart Spaces app, which is a workplace app that lets you manage your interaction with the office. Um, Or that's our analytics platform, which is a web-based platform that has a a dashboard that monitors the performance of your building and gives you insights on how you can improve your building. Uh, And then a whole host of other solutions because it's API driven. We can power an Alexa. We can power an Apple Watch, um, yeah, a whole host of IoT devices can use our API, as well as the, uh, the occupiers of a building extend on our platform by uh, utilising the API in their own software platforms. Thank you very much. If anybody is sort of, you know, found that information useful and hadn't necessarily heard about what you guys do, they will certainly have heard of some of the buildings that you are in and out of. Um, and I kind of love the idea of, you know, you sort of, it's sort of ever so slightly under the radar behind the scenes, but the stuff that you're doing is absolutely incredible. Could you give everybody a bit of an idea as to, well, not an idea, actually, just tell everybody <laughs> which buildings um, you've been working on and the ones that they're most likely to have heard of? Now, certainly. I suppose obviously the one that's become a bit of an icon in London is 22 Bishopsgate. It's, it's the largest skyscraper uh, in Europe. I don't think it's the tallest. It gets picked by the Shard, albeit it's, it's twice the size of the Shard. Uh, and that's a fantastic project that everyone would know. Um, Hanover Square is a, is a beautiful development in the West End. I think it's set the highest rent record rent. It had one of the tenants there, which is also a client of ours, um, had their fit out completed by uh, Foster and Partners, which was, was a, a great accolade. And it's a, a beautiful space, possibly the most beautiful beautiful space I've uh, been um, had been lucky enough to visit um, and then a whole host of other buildings throughout London um, so we've got the 80 Fenchurch Street which is a building next door to us um, which is home to Arcadis which is a, a beautiful development um, one of our favourites due to the number of terraces uh, and then like out around like the UK now, I think we've got about five buildings in Manchester, we've got a building in Leeds, uh, we've got uh, three buildings in Birmingham. So we're starting to expand in the UK. Uh, and then we get out of the UK and we're across the sea. So we're in Dubai. So we have uh, Brookfield Place um, where we've got the uh, Brookfield Flexible app out there. We've got Manhattan West, which one Manhattan West, which is sort of similar to 22 Bishopsgate uh, in the city in London. It's uh, a huge skyscraper. It's actually double the size of uh, 22 Bishopsgate. It's uh, two and a half million square. Uh, and that's where we've got our Brookfield Flex app there as well. Uh, and also the um, we've got in Brookfield Plaza as well. So the Brookfield Place, sorry. Um, so yes, there's some great assets, and that's just a few. I mean, I think we're around like approaching fast approaching 40 million square foot globally. Uh, and uh, some of our favourite buildings are actually some of the really small ones as well. So we're not just on these sort of uh, huge buildings. Yeah, we're, we're in small buildings um, like Dufour's Place, for instance, which is a GPE building, um, which is only 16,000 square foot. And uh, it's, it's an amazing scheme. Um, one of my favourite buildings we get to work on. 
And can you talk to me about the progression of the business as well? Because when we last met, um, you know, you were you were pretty busy and had lots going on, but things have grown exponentially since then. And I know there was a moment when the pandemic hit where, like everybody else, you thought, mm, which which way is the business going to go um, off the back of this? Um, and it went very much in the right direction. Um, so could you talk to me a bit about that and talk to me how the, the business has progressed and also talk to me a bit about the, the um, overseas experience expansion and how that's come about now certainly so so before covid um we've always focused on innovation um and you know we've done the round like all um, our peers in the market do going from asset manager to fund uh, to property company sort of showcasing our, um, our tech and you know a lot of people when they like listen to the presentation or watch the presentation say oh you know do we really need contactless access through your smartphone do we need to be able to control your space um for a, like you know hvac temperature lighting etc through an app um or through our web platform and we'd be like yeah and definitely it's the future you know you have these luxuries at home why would you not want them in the workplace um, but definitely there was a lot of resistance there uh, so then when covid come around and the pandemic hit obviously first thing was panic you know you think oh is the end of our business we've worked so hard over the last 11 years to create um and but no actually we, we had confidence it would come back you know we'd have we had confidence that um yeah this was just a temporary thing or a bit still here today and so we didn't actually furlough many staff at all actually i think it was something like two staff that just were completely redundant due to, to the, the pandemic so what we did was uh, keep all of our development resource there um and and, and that really helped us close a gap on a lot of the uh, tech that we'd, um, the, the innovation we wanted to deliver. But also, after about a month or so, we started to get a lot more requests inbound. So where we were always the ones out, you know, talk, showing our wares, um, you know, the phone started ringing, emails started to come in, uh, and we'd done a whole host of presentations to some of the world's biggest and best property companies. And all of a sudden, all this resistance just disappeared. Uh, and that's what led to our global expansion, actually. Um, what happened was we um, were very lucky enough to get introduced to Canary Wolf uh, during lockdown, and we developed a contact this QR code access system for uh, the, the assets that they manage across the, the Canary Wolf estate. Um, and uh, Brookfield, funny enough, got wind of this because they're a big investor in uh, Canary Wolf, um, and we showcased the wares to them, and that's what led to the international expansion there. Um, and then also, a, a real lucky one that Matt, uh, my colleague, had uh, met. It's been to one of these uh, days where basically uh, tech companies get to pitch to lots of landlords. And actually, what we, we didn't realise, but there's an educational landlord there, which was the University of Birmingham. Um, and uh, we started talking to them and they were designing this really fantastic, smart campus of the future and felt that our technology really aligned to that. Uh, and so that got us the, uh, the the gig in Dubai. So it was it was a very productive uh, lockdown for us. Uh, yeah, I must say um, it's really opened um, the world's eyes to our technology. Thank you very much. And let's talk about some of that technology in in a way that might help people to visualise it in their minds. I think let's take 22 Bishop's Gate as an example because, as you say, it's you know an iconic um, London building. It's um, new. Um, when people walk into that building. What is it that you guys have done that they might not instantly be able to see? And by that, it'd be really interesting to go through some of the key elements of technology um, in terms of the app and in terms of access and security, but also behind the scenes, the kind of data that is being um, usefully collected for um, you know building optimization. So can we talk about those two elements of it? First of all, the actual um, experience side of it, and then the behind the scenes data side of it. 
No, certainly. So the, the, the key to getting um, you know, a useful data set, um, you need to have adoption within your platform. So you need users using it. And it's the biggest challenge that all occupier engagement apps will, will have to overcome. And, um, it, and it's the same for your software platforms as well. So with our, our Smart Spaces OS and our API, you need people using it. Um, and so user experience is always the place you start because if you can improve on someone's user experience, um, that means you're going to get adoption. That means you're going to get a really good data set. And so we started out looking at what are the issues you have with large buildings, uh, and a lot of that's the onboarding process. You know, if you're going to have 10,000 people accessing a building, uh, and we're pr very proud to note that we've got up to around 8,000 users now, uh, active users that is, uh, on our platform at 22. And so, yeah, and a lot of that was streamlining um, request access. If you're a company that works in that building, you can download the uh, 22 Bishop's Gate app, register with your corporate email address, and your um, access is provisioned immediately. So you're straight into the building and you're using the phone day to day. Now, what that does is that starts to build up patterns of which days are busy, uh, and then that enables the uh, JLL there, um, the team to forecast. Uh, how busy the building is going to be in the future. And, and the more data we collect, uh, the more accurate that becomes. And that, that's a huge piece because, you know, it's not only um, things that people directly correlate, like, you know, the energy because of the, the cooling heating, but that's food provision as well. You know, how much do, do the, the catering um, companies within the building purchase and, and stock up because, you know, we don't want food waste, uh, for instance. And also then how do you get more people into the building? If you find patterns in that data set of particular days, you know what days to host your events. Um, and if you've got quiet days, are there things that you can do to encourage people to come into that on those days? And that could be um, something like a discounted um, membership for those gym days on, on that, that day of the week, on the quiet days of the week. So it, it's really, yeah, the, the, the user experience is all about getting the adoption. Once you have the adoption, you have the data once you have the data you have the insights uh, to make improvements and then it's, it's a sort of a, a self-fulfilling cycle where it just gets better and better you get more and more users you get more and more data and you provide a better service and i think that's what's going to make buildings like 22 uh, stand apart alongside our other customers using our platform and can you talk to us a little bit about what it was like to work on a building like 22 Bishop's Gate? I know that you've said that there are some of the smaller buildings that are really close to your heart. And I mean, it'd be really nice to talk about that in a bit more detail and what it means to you to work on these buildings. But to work on a building that was so, it must have been a very complex experience. And I know also from previous conversations how important it is to be working with people who kind of get it. And I know that you felt very much that um, the team at 22 Bishop's Gate really did get it. No, no, totally. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the culture there has been the thing that's made the adoption there and, and the investment they've made in us uh, so great. And, and, and we're definitely reaping the benefits of that. Um, and yeah, and the challenges, I mean, obviously, it's a huge building. Um, I think, fortunately, when we, we started developing this uh, platform, our background was with Marriott Hotels and we had the booking system across the entire of Europe, multilingual. Um, and so we knew how to build enterprise level software. Um, we had already cut our teeth with previous projects that gave us those firm foundations. And so what we probably found was actually when we won smaller buildings in the early stages, that our system was maybe over-engineered slightly. You know, we, we'd had too many options there. Um, and when we, we embraced 22, it was the perfect fit. The biggest challenge I would say we had was because we were a small business, um, you know, prior to winning that contract. Well, it's not very small. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, we're a 10-year-old business, but definitely, you know, we've almost doubled in size um, post-pandemic. Um, we The biggest challenge we had initially was convincing them that we could deliver. 
um, that was the biggest challenge, you know, through the sales pitches um, and everything. But, you know, we at that time, we still had some fantastic buildings, you know, 400,000 square foot buildings. We could take them to prove the solution. Uh, and that's what got us the gig. Once we had the gig, I would actually say so it wasn't that challenging, actually. I suppose it was. I think I sometimes, um, you know, like anyone forgets the pain quite quickly. Um, it's it's always coordination. You know, our system um, talks to um, a lot of systems in the building. It's talking to the uh, access control system. It's talking to the uh, BMS. It's talking to the lighting control system. It's talking to the energy meters, it's talking to the sensors, and it's talking to the Wi-Fi network as well. Um, and so there's a lot of parties there. So, you, so I suppose it's like anything in life, the human aspect is the most challenging. It's it's coordinating all these downstream partners to get us what we need uh, to, to deliver the product. But like I said, the culture at that building, um, we have a few clients actually that are really into technology. Um, it's something that's baked into their culture. So um, yeah, they're, they're willing to try new things and, and they open doors for us. And that is really the, the secret to our success today. Without these partnerships, without the foresight that our clients have, we wouldn't be where we are. And for some reason, we're a magnet for um, clients that like that innovation and clients that have those open minds. I, I could probably say 90% of my clients have a similar mindset to, to, to 22 um, in um yeah, wanting to try new things and, um, and are willing to, to sort of push boundaries. And how important is that pushing? Oh, there's a bit of feedback there. How important is that pushing boundary side of things, do you think? I, I mean, I want to go on in a minute to talk about um, platforms and the I know you have you have some very um, key thoughts on apps and, it, you know, how important it is that it's not an app alone. And how it's just part of the wider spectrum of what it is that you do. Um, and I think it'd be really good to talk about that. But in terms of pushing these boundaries, how important is it? Is it do you think to have that mindset? And you say that 90 percent of the people that you work with have that mindset. Um, do you think that that's something that the rest of the sector is just going to have to get on board with or for fear of being left behind? Yeah, definitely. And they are. That's that's the thing we've noticed where the growth we're experiencing at the moment, these clients coming to us. What was really nice, you know, we've got a really great scheme, um, which is Bankside Yards. Um, and that um, is by PLP Architects, uh, who designed 22 Bishopsgate. And the architect's mind, um, because, you know, before when we first got embraced uh, with, with an architect, sometimes they're fearful of all the sensors we're going to litter the, the ceiling with, you know, there's a, there's a huge thing around what, what that's going to look like. But now they're thinking, hang on, right, we can bake this into the fabric of the building so the sensors are, hit, are hidden. And then they've got some fantastic ideas around how we can project data onto mirrors whilst you're brushing your teeth in the morning. You can get um, details around what's available in the cafe, um, what the air quality is, um, and even tips around how they could potentially save energy and make sure, you know, when they leave that zone, um, they, they have the behaviour in place to make a change. So the, the what we've found is that the newer clients we're getting but they've become more open-minded post-COVID. That's, and that's the key. I think COVID has unlocked this uh, mindset that actually let's embrace technology, uses use this as a um, reason uh, to, to make a change. So it, it's been great, actually. I I, I'm finding that, it's, yeah, it's never, I've never had this before. But prior to COVID, it was, there was a lot of closed minds. There was a lot of scepticism. And that scepticism is dissolving at a rapid pace. Well, that's very good to hear. I'm glad to hear that the uh, the scepticism is going in the direction it certainly should be. Um, let's talk about this 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 fixation in a way that people have got on building apps. And it's a fixation in two ways. On one hand, everybody, there's a lot of people who are 
you're desperate to get involved on the building app side and then you've got lots of people saying mm, you know it can't just be a building building app in isolation and I know that you have as I mentioned these very very clear views on that and it's something that you've made very clear since the launch of the of the of the of the business so could you talk talk me through where where you like where the land lies on that for you now certainly I was actually describing this to a client the other day as well um because our, our platform um is a system that connects to all the downstream um, items within a building, all the systems within a building. So that's your lighting HVAC, that's your BMS, that's your EMS. All the systems are in a building aggregated onto a common platform, which is middleware, so our software. And that's what creates the platform, which then has an API. An API is an application programming interface. And what happens there is then systems can sit on top of that or devices can sit on top of that. So that's our smartphone app. That's our, um, our workplace app uses that API. But then a whole host of other systems can use that API. Uh, and that includes the, the, the systems that are outside of our control. They're systems that are used by our occupiers. And, and a typical example of that is that, you know, a, a big you know, um, global occupier will have a meeting and booking system they've had in place for 10 years. They're not going to want to switch that to our system if it's working perfectly uh, for them. We're not going to want to persuade them to if it's working perfectly uh, for them. So but what we can do is improve that system where we bring that user interface into our app, but also we um, integrate that with our visitor management system. So every time they create a meeting, it automatically sends out the, the invite. So um, I sometimes um, think, oh, why did I register smartspaces.app? Because there's this mindset, and I totally agree with that mindset, an app does not make a building smart at all. Of course it doesn't, um, but a platform does. And, and that's the difference. And that's the foundation. And I think, you know, why, where we've experienced this growth and, you know, we, we managed to get uh, the world's first uh, smart score platinum at the Hickman uh, building with Great Portland Estates is because of that fact that well, actually this is a platform that you can base a lot of systems on top. And these systems don't have to be developed by smart spaces. Uh, and then you've got that innovation there because this API is an engine. You know, we've got an Alexa skill. We, funny enough, the Alexa skill is a funny one because it's something we've had for a long time. No one's been interested this month all of a sudden someone said oh it's on your website and this is an existing customer uh, and there's like, oh and you've got the alexa skill haven't you i was like yeah yeah i said goes, oh do you think we could have that so we could place it in our building reception if the receptionist is not there they can ask that a question and, and so of course you can that's what it's designed for it's like and uh, so it's really nice that like these things that we develop in the past which you know we think oh well it's a bit of a waste of r d um sometimes it's, it's well worth it don't don't can it too early Excellent. And um, we're talking about the platform and how you can build on top of that. I know that, um, and, and as you've mentioned in the past, that there are, you know, there are ways where you can work with companies and businesses within a building. So, you know, you'd be working on one building, um, but then you are able to tailor um, what you offer, um, which must be a real selling point as well. Oh, 100%. And, it, and it's funny enough, it does, it seems that that um, happens in the in the larger buildings. Um, we we do a similar thing in the smaller buildings. We can come on to that later. But on the, on the larger buildings, um, you know, you've got. I, I always like to think of the Salesforce Tower effect. And you know, so before. Um, and Salesforce Tower in London becomes Salesforce Tower is the Heron Tower, um, and you get a large multinational take the most the majority of space, or even sometimes it's not the majority of space, but a large amount of space in this building, and then they want to rebrand it as their home, which makes total sense. You know, uh, they've got the budget, um, they they want um, to have been control of every touch point between them and their employees, and so when we've got an incumbent app in place in a building, you know, sometimes they think, well, actually, I don't want to be using, for instance, the 22 Bishopsgate app or the Hanover Square app, I would like to use my app for my uh, business. So Beasley's a great case in point. 
of the, the multinational insurance group. And so they said to us that, Dan, we love this tech. This is brilliant. This is exactly what we want. Um, but we don't just want it here. We don't just want it in our um, London office. We want it globally. Um, but also we don't want it to be 22 Bishopsgate. We want all the 22 Bishopsgate content and we don't want to hide that and we want to embrace that. But we want to have content that we have internally in our business, which is private, so only we can see that. Uh, we want to use our login for our um, laptops, you know, our Office 365 or our Google login. We don't want to use a third-party login system and have to manage an identity on another platform. We want this all converged on a single platform. And also we want to add resources that are exclusive to us. So we want our own meeting rooms, our own desk booking, our own catering inside this app. And, and because again, coming back to this smart building platform, this API, that's in place, we can do that very easily. And so we have our, an app designed for these occupiers, which is bespoke to them, exclusive to them. Um, but it uses the building API to communicate with the building. Uh, and then it uses the, their own API that we install for them for their internal resources. And what that means is that that building behaves from a user experience standpoint as a single entity. To them, they think they just own the building, even though they've got two floors. To them, it's like everything, all the touch points. If they want to go to the active commuter park, they use their Beasley app. If they go to their space, they use their Beasley app. If they want to order food from the marketplace on the on the level one end, they use the Beasley app. If they want to order catering in their own internal meeting rooms, they use the Beasley app. And so you've made the digital equivalent of putting a Salesforce tower sort of, um, you know, the branding on the building is done through the digital. And that even goes out to the visitor invite that gets sent to everyone to the building is, is Beasley branded. And so they love that. And uh, yeah, that, that, has obviously meant that they've been able to roll this out globally, which is fantastic. And we said that we'd come back to talk about what it is that makes some of those um, you know, smaller projects, the ones that are particularly close to your heart. And we've spoken about 22 Bishopsgate and you've spoken about some of the other really large and iconic and high profile schemes that you guys have been involved with. Um, but let's talk about some of the smaller, no less high profile or iconic um, projects that you've also done that mean a lot to you. Oh, 100%. It's got to be uh, Dufour's place. It's a great Portland Estates building and uh, work, working with the team there. Um, and it, we, we got in very early with that one. So with GPE, when we first started working with them, we were coming in retrospective. So we was always coming in once the building was developed and having to make changes to get it to fit to the app. This is one where we, we come in very early. And um, we, we managed to advise on, on what tech to put into the, the building. Uh, and so we used, you know, based on our previous experience, we designed this to have every touch point centralized through the Dufour's Place app. So that's the access control, lighting control, temperature control, um, energy. Um, and then because this, this building is based in Soho, um, like I said, it's 16,000 square foot, so it's a small uh, building. Um, and I would say out of all the buildings that we've been working on, it's the one that's filled up the quickest, purely from like just leads coming in like people would come in and it's not you know it's not our app that's just that's done that it's the fit out is amazing it's that you know the new breed of offices that everyone talks about this this flight to quality it, every touch points quality the team are amazing um the team actually fun enough is a team that i worked with at old 160 old street uh, and a team that i've already worked with in the west end so they they, they get the app well, you know i was quite lucky enough to work out there so if i go to soho on the west end of the houses in um, at the East End in Aldgate, I'll uh, base myself out of uh, Dufour's place. And, you know, you get to sit there and watch how the building operates and you see everyone coming in and out of the building with the app. Uh, you see them adjusting their lights, their temperature, everything's centralised through the app. And then all the apps got, you know, what croissants are available and they've got amazing croissants. That's also a great reason to go to the building. But what I witnessed was them doing those viewings um, early on before the building filled up. It's now completely occupied, 100% occupied. So, um, and you'd see the tour and the tour would 
like obviously showcase this beautiful working environment, which has yoga events, um, a whole host of uh, things happening all the time. So it's always bustling. Um, and then they they do, they use the app for the tour. And so you'd like to access this, use the app to book that meeting. You use the app, uh, and that's the set in the app um, that we've bespoke for uh, Great Port Estates. And it's just it's, it's great to see and witness all that hard work and that you know this building's got a similar amount of tech, albeit scaled down enormously, as twenty two Bishop's and yeah it just I'm, I'm very fond of that building and uh, yeah love love working with the team yeah and what's next for you guys it's we're coming into 2022 everything is not as up in the air as it was last year but certainly not in any way grounded in any kind of um uh surefire way as to what 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 the future holds so what's next what can we expect to see from you no certainly so so you know, we're always trying to optimise the user experience. Um, user experience is everything to us. The adoption is everything to us. Um, so it's, it's streamlining. And uh, so, so that means it's automation. So getting people into these buildings is, is the huge piece. Uh, we've mastered that piece, but we're always expanding that piece. So we can talk to more access control systems, more different systems. But then lifts, interestingly, is one that just this this last quarter of this year, we, in lockdown last year, we built uh, what we think, actually, because uh, it's quite early on in the year, the first ever uh, contactless lift solution. And so this was to mitigate having to touch the button, the lift buttons, because, you, um, you know, that is a, a surface that could... Uh, transfer COVID um, and so we uh, come up with a solution to put the lift buttons uh, in the app um, and mitigate touching that service and then as COVID you know you, we thought was out of it and you know it wasn't so much a concern it's always a concern but not as much a concern we started to think really you know are you going to walk up to a lift are you going to get your phone out of your pocket are you going to like press a button to go to a floor it's not going to happen it's not a good user experience it was designed at a time when yeah it was important to mitigate that surface but we just didn't see that being used um so we sort of shelved it and then a few buildings that have come online where you know there's, there's got busy receptions they've got complex routes so you've got to like transfer between different floors um to, to get to the destination um and yeah, we sort of, sort of thought, hang on, how can we improve that initial user experience? We have location context on our app, so you know where someone's positioned in the building, um, and we use multi different ways to do that. And we thought, actually, what if you go through the turnstiles um, and we can call the lift automatically based on where you are? Um, so, so a lot of these systems are quite um, binary where you go through the turnstile, it just calls a lift, but then you get talking to a colleague and then that lift disappeared. And also we notice when we watch people in these buildings that they don't always pay attention to the lift that gets identified. So you, they, they go through, uh, they I've got the lift called automatically, or they press the button, it says, right, go to lift D. And then by the time they spoke to their colleague, they're like, oh, what lift was that? and they miss it so we've invested back into that lift interface we wrote um, that all the information is in your smartphone so it will tell you how long like the, it shows you actually real time um your wait the lift is on its way and it shows you exactly which lift it is and it calls it uh, calls a lift for you automatically based on your proximity to the lift um and um that doesn't just work in the reception that actually works up throughout the building as well so so that's one of the big innovations and that's probably the thing one of the things we're really excited to to uh, uh, launch in uh, 2022 and i happen to know that 22 is a good number for you isn't it so does that mean that you have very positive vibes yeah no certainly yes it's a big year for me in terms of birthdays as well um but yeah in my family it's crazy like i was born on the 22nd uh, my mum was born on the 22nd my sister was born on the 22nd um and yeah and obviously trade to bishop's gate there's another project that we're looking at with uh, the similar number so it's uh no it, it's it's very positive so yeah but it's just the birthday i think i'm coming to terms with at the moment <laughs> but hopefully it'll be a lucky one
I, don't tell me you're turning 22. Well, I'd love to. I'd love to be twenty-three. I definitely feel twenty-two. Some days, actually, some days not so much. <laughs> oh well, I hope it's a wonderful birthday, whatever whatever number it is, and I won't ask. Um, and thank you very much for joining me today. Hugely appreciated, and best of luck with everything in twenty twenty-two. And I am sure that we'll be hearing a lot more from you.